Welcome to On the Job with Porak, your go-to place for public safety and officer rights, giving you the news you need to know and discussing the issues that matter. Hi, and welcome to On the Job with Porak. I am Brian Marvel, president of Porak, and with me today is Brent Meyer, vice president of Porak, and our guest today is Peter Durfee out of the Chico area. Thank you for uh, coming on to the podcast. Perfect. Thank you for having me. What we're trying to do is uh, have conversations with our members and uh, members of leadership, and I uh, appreciate you for stepping up and representing uh, your officers and uh, officers and members of PORAC. Um, So basically, what's going on up there in Chico area? Well, obviously, as uh, most people know, uh, Northern California, to include uh, the Redding area, which is part of the North Valley chapter, is, uh, is on fire right now. So uh, a lot of our members have been working long hours, uh, putting in their normal 40-hour work weeks. And on top of that, they're working uh, 12-hour shifts on their days off, on their on their three or four days off, whatever they uh, they work. And and they're spending those up in the, in the area, protecting um, people's homes from looters, um, and uh, just trying to keep uh, keep everybody safe up in the Northern California area right now. Outside of the uh, the fires, and we uh, recently did a podcast on that, and uh, you know, you guys are doing fantastic work up there. The all the first responders that are dealing with this, uh, it's very tragic uh, throughout the state of California. The amount of fires that we're seeing, but it appears the one I believe in Lake County is the state's largest fire now. Yeah, it looks like a couple of them joined, and um, I've, I was actually recently in contact with uh, Gary Frace, who's on our board of directors, and unfortunately he can't be here um, for this weekend um, due to the fires up there. So because obviously, you know, uh, our job comes first, and uh, taking care of our communities and taking care of our, our, uh, our citizens is, is the number one priority. So um, there's a lot of guys that are, are doing the best they can right now and, and the Lake County area. Um, I have My in-laws are from Lake County, and they were had to evacuate to my house uh, for just over a week. And as you probably guess, you know, not everybody wants their in-laws at your house for a week, you know? (laughs) So, uh, but they, uh, they eventually went back and um, they were, they were good. They still got their place, but uh, I know there's a lot of people that have lost their homes and uh, lost all their valuables. So um, as we move on through this, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, the firefighters are able to get their job done and, and, you know, contain these, these issues and um, we can do our job and, and try to keep, keep uh, the peace and try to make sure that uh, people don't go in and uh, hurt the people or take the people's property that have been evacuated. Yeah. It's uh, nothing worse than, uh, you know, being a victim of fire and then you're re-victimized by these people that have no morals or scruples uh, and they steal your property when you're not available to protect your home. And uh, thank you for the great work you guys are doing up there. Outside of the uh, the fires, um, what other issues are really facing uh, North Valley Chapter? I can tell you that, uh, spe- specifically the Chico area, um, you know, I think our number one issue right now is still staffing, uh, trying to get people to do this job. Um, you know, you don't do this job for the money. Um, obviously, we wouldn't do it for free. We all know that. But um, you're not going to get rich uh, doing the job that we do. Um, so I think staffing over the past few years, um, it was really bad. Three years ago, um, I can tell you the Chico Police Department was down to 56 sworn officers, and 
Um, at one point, when I started just 10 years ago, we were at 108. So, and I think it's not just my department, it's, it's departments throughout the state of California that have just lost um, the bodies um, due to, you know, we went through the recession, obviously, and we're, we're all starting to get back, but we're, we're not where we need to be. Um, we're currently back up to 95 sworn just in the last, you know, three years. So to add 30, 30 officers to our department in three years is, is taxing, not only financially, um, but, you know, we have the, the field training program. So it's taxing on the officers that are training these guys and taxing on these academies. So staffing is still our biggest issue right now. Um, we were able to bring back a lot of our new specialty assignments. Um, we got to, we had to cut all those. We didn't have school resource officers um, to protect our kids. And obviously I think our most valuable commodity and nobody's gonna argue with us on that is our kids. So if you can't keep your kids safe, um, there's really nothing else worth fighting for. So um, we recently brought that back, that program back. Um, it starts next week, which is good for, for our department. Um, and I know other departments are throughout my chapter. Reading is adding adding officers and uh, they're, they're, they're starting to go through their tough times. You know, we went through our tough times a few years ago and um, other big agencies in the North State like Reading, they're, they're just now um, going through theirs and, and hopefully they can, they can rebuild. The chief of police up there is doing a great job. Um, unfortunately, he, was, uh, he lost his home in the fire. Um, he was out evacuating others um, and his home burned to the ground. So it just shows the, you know, no matter w what position you hold, yeah, it's the chief down. Um, you know, we're all, we're all out there doing the best job we can for, for our communities. It's funny that you brought up the school resource stuff. Um, you know, it's, uh, Brent went and spoke down in L.A. because there was a movement to abolish the L.A. school police. Yeah. Uh, which is just, you're scratching your head going, you know, th these are the people that are protecting our children. And we have people that actually want to get rid of this because they're really buying into that prison to pipeline stuff that, um, you know, school resource officers are doing a wonderful job making sure that the kids are safe and being able to, uh, to go to school in a safe environment. And I think they're doing a fantastic job. And I don't know if Brent wants to talk a little bit about that, but I think he did a great job speaking on behalf of PORAC and our members, uh, how important it is to have uh, school resource officers in the schools protecting our children. Yeah, absolutely. And and I found it interesting that the group behind that effort to uh, basically get the school resource officers or the school police department out of uh, L.A. City schools was not the teachers union as much as it was local uh, influence groups uh, that are out there trying to just, they have an anti-law enforcement perspective and they tried to organize and I was very proud of the POA and the uh, PMA down there, LA schools, POA and PMA, who really stepped up. They order, organized a, a campaign and like pushed this thing back and batted it down. But it goes to, I think one of the things that PORAC can do for its associations, we can be there as a resource. Uh, we're able to respond quickly, uh, which we did, and go down and, and provide backup to them and give them the assistance that I think they needed at the time. Yeah, and I uh, appreciate you going down there and doing that. And, you know, it's really good to hear that, uh, you know, uh, Peter, that you're able to uh, reinvigorate those programs and get it more active uh, in your community because I think across the nation, and especially in California, we just saw a complete reduction of police forces to where officers were literally going call to call to call. So the only time you're really effectively talking to your community members is if you're taking a crime report or they're a suspect of a crime. And it's like, you know, it makes it difficult for us to get out there and be in the community as effective as we'd like to be 
and rebuilding all of these police departments is just going to make us that much better. Um, overall, obviously, you know, in your area, uh, you saw a huge reduction. It's coming back. Um, what are some of the other issues that are, are, are facing law enforcement and, and maybe uh, the report Act members outside of the recruiting and retention component? Realistically, it's, uh, I think, building those relationships um, throughout your community. And like you said, a lot of times the communication or the contacts were always negative. Um, I think over the, you know, the last few years up in our area, we've been able to build those relationships with those community members. Um, I think the community members have uh, seen that and that's why we're able to get these these uh, these specialty assignments, these school resource officers, these street crimes units. Um, the community is ultimately has the voice. They're the ones that go to the city council meetings. They're the ones that make you know um, those hold those conversations with the with the people behind closed doors. That realistically, they're the ones that have to kind of raise their hand and say, "Hey, we're tired of this," and you know we support our police department. Um, so. A collaboration with different organizations within the North State is huge. Um, for us, you know, reaching out to your Chamber of Commerce, you know, the business folks. I mean, I think that's a big deal that I don't think a lot of people do as much because business, um, that's what runs communities. So if you get on the same page with your Chamber of Commerce, your business people, I think uh, they're able to assist you in, in not only growing as a police department, but getting back those, those things that... Uh, that you need in order to make a city, city successful. So I'm real happy with what we've been able to do up there. Now, Peter, in the time that I've known you on the Porak, or around Porak, you've held a variety of different uh, roles. You've been the Chico POA president. You've been the uh, director, you're currently the director for the North Valley chapter. But prior to that, you were the president of the North Valley chapter. And one of the biggest things that I think our chapter presidents do is liaison between Porak headquarters and the 14 different chapters in Porak. I think back to a time, and it was a tragedy, unfortunately, but it was, a, I think, a really good example of how uh, Porak's chapter presidents, you and you specifically, helped out uh, another chapter president or another chapter director. Would you mind telling us a little bit about the, that story, if you can? And yeah, it was a, it was a tra- obviously it was a tragedy, but um, I get a call from our dispatch center that... Um, there was an officer who was being life flighted to Inlow Medical Center in Chico. And uh, this officer happened to be from Lake County. He was a deputy sheriff. And a good friend of mine who's on this board, uh, Gary Frace, um, it was his best friend. And uh, so I was able to go to Inlow, uh, the hospital there in Chico. And I, I, you know, I sat by his side until ultimately he passed three days later. So um, I was able to work out uh, the communication between our department and the deputy sheriff, uh, sheriff's department, and Gary, who was obviously uh, pretty upset at the time. Um, and you know, Gary was driving back and forth uh, between Lake County and Chico, and and it was it was tragic. But um, Jake Steely, um, who ultimately passed, he uh, he was saving his kid's life. Um, you know, he uh, I just get emotional thinking about it, but. You know, he jumped into the ocean and saved his saved his kid, but ultimately it cost him his own life. So it was a, it was a sad day, um, but ultimately um, the family has moved on. Um, they remember Jake, um, obviously, but uh, uh, they're doing great. I talked to his wife uh, periodically, and uh, she's doing awesome. So uh, we were able to get those uh, those lines of communication open, and it's it's just being human. It's, it has nothing to do with. Uh, law enforcement or anything else it's just doing what's right 
and I think we do what's right most of the time. And you did a great job, and you uh, communicated to Borak and and uh, told us what we could do to help out. But I think, and I've told you publicly dozens of times now that you did such a great job and represented Porak well, and I know it means a lot to the family and, and certainly to Gary and his association for what you did. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I just really believe that, uh, you know, when we pin that badge on, we really become a family. And, um, you know, it's a testament to what you did in supporting that family through an extremely difficult time. And also it goes to show you that the, uh, you know, even when we're not on duty, we're still on duty. You know, I mean, he did what had to be done. And I think irrespective if it wasn't his child, he would have done the exact same thing for somebody else's child. And I, I, think, think, we, I think we all would. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what we do. You know, when, when we, we're just, uh, we're there just to do the best we can all, all the time. I mean, you know, it's not always going to be, we're going to make mistakes, you know, and, and obviously at this, in this situation, um, I don't know if a mistake was made, but um, he's a hero. You know, he, he saved a life, and I think he would have done the same for anybody. So Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think that is just what our profession's about, um, all first responders. I, I think it's a calling, and you stated earlier, it's like, you know, nobody's doing this job for the money. We're doing it because we were called to a higher service, and that service was to uh, keep our community safe and to to keep our families and other people's families safe so they can enjoy all of the um, liberties, um, everything that America has to offer. And uh, we're that front line. We, we see things that uh, most people don't see on a regular basis consistently, and it takes a toll. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, um you can't unsee the things that we see over our careers. And uh, I think that's, you know, I know a lot of people comment on the fact that a lot of us get to retire at a, at a younger age than most. Um, but we've, we, in my opinion, we've earned that because of the stress that not only goes on through our, our bodies by doing the job we do, but um, the wear and tear that goes on through our minds. And to do this job into your 50s, and uh, it, it's just... Uh, I don't know how some of these folks do it. And I mean, I think back to a good friend of mine who was on this board for many, many years, Terry Moore. And Terry did this job in, into his 60s. And uh, he's a he's a special man. With not, two knee replacements. With two knee replacements. <laughs> and not everybody can do that. And uh, he's special. And he's still obviously, you know, running the medical trust for us and, and doing a great job at it. So, uh, you know, he's obviously committed. And uh, he's one of, you know, over 77,000 of us that are so yeah and uh you know i appreciate his service too and we're actually uh planning on having all of the uh trust chairs come on because i want people to get a better understanding of what porac is outside of what we do on the advocacy part in sacramento and dc and i think it's important uh, especially now after the post janus decision that uh, we let our members know that uh we do a variety of things for them and you know people like you and us you know we we step up and we we take those leadership roles uh to not only protect uh uh you know their working conditions and their rights um, but we advocate for them uh through contract negotiations we advocate for them in sacramento we advocate for them in dc because if nobody was there and our voice was not heard um, we would have bills like AB 931 just jammed down our throats. And, you know, 
the opposition is doing a good job of selling it like we're these rogue cops just shooting everybody in the street, which isn't true. Uh, it's not even remotely true. Over 93% of those encounters where somebody dies between an officer and the other uh, person, uh, they had weapons. And I know the ACLU doesn't think an axe is a weapon, but an axe can do a lot of damage, just like rocks. I've seen what rocks can do to people. Well, we have to remember, too, these, I mean, these are the same people that, that made people believe that Prop 47 and Prop 57 and AB 109 were, were good for us. They were good for the communities. They were, quote, unquote, the safe schools, um, and they have nothing to do with schools. So these are the same people that are uh, behind 931 that are trying to um, sell this to citizens, and um, they've already sold them, you know, 47, 57, and 109, and um, I don't believe uh, that they'll be able to sell them on 931 because the trust is gone. I think our communities have, have come over to the side of law enforcement. Um, I think uh, they, they trust what we do, and we do the right thing. Um, you know, with all our interactions with, with people uh, throughout this country on a daily basis, you know, um, we do the right thing, and I think more and more the people are, are understanding that. So uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't think they're going to buy it this time, and uh, it, they can't because we can't let 931 pass. Yeah. It, it, it needs to go away. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to close it up on that note. Uh, I want to thank you again for uh, coming in and uh, actually sharing that emotional story with us. Uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, also, in regards to the Porak Wildfire Relief Fund, uh, you can donate at porak.org. Uh, we talked a little bit about that and the great work that's being done by all the first responders up there and especially the firefighters. I want to thank you for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Please follow us on our social media platforms. Go to porac.org for more info. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Google, please give us five stars. This helps us get noticed. Don't forget to share our podcast with your members, families, and friends. All the best and have a safe day. That's it for this episode. Make sure you tune in next time as we discuss the issues that matter. 